a director who wants to film the experience of the authentic female orgasm. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins. Join as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yow! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Champions! We're going to be champions today! Somebody's going to be champions, champions today! Yes, indeed. Uh, we are doing the final four of our Marvel vs. DC bracket. I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. I'm always angry. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. Uh, it will actually be a Marvel versus DC championship because two DCs are going up against two Marvels. Two DCs will be going one champion and one uh, part of the championship, and two Marvels will be going into the other part. Of the championship. Yes, indeed. I like and the machinations that you were doing. Yes, look like Vogue. That's right. Doom, 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 doom. Let's get right into it. Uh, a, a, a. a this is a clash of the titans right here. Ooh. This is this is one of the the biggest like you know uh, flick chart type of things that could ever come up in your in your day to day. Like what's better, mm-hmm. and it depends on how you look at things, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's the Dark Knight versus Road to Perdition. Ooh. Hey, now we have. As Road to Perdition has continued to advance, we have pissed off more and more people. Yes, who including, not believe, including me. And including Chris, <laughs> who do not believe it should necessarily have even been in the competition. Well, here, here's the thing. I know that, I know that at the beginning of this, you know, it was like, uh, I, I was picking Road to Perdition because of the quality in general that it, that it, uh, you know, it had. Now it, it went up against X2 uh first first and foremost and and perhaps if x2 had made it farther and road to perdition came at this point in the in mm-hmm. the thing i might have gone x2 in that point but i hadn't fully formed what i thought would be the idea of this whole thing um i think once road to perdition is going up against you know real like heavy hitting comic book movies that are not only great as comic book movies but they're great movies and mm-hmm. everything uh, that's where I I started to to wane a little bit, but Road to Perdition went through three amazing movies, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, and it only it took me till Iron Man to finally get to the point where I, okay, enough's enough. Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man wins this. Uh, it goes up against the Dark Knight, and I, you know I'm I think the Dark Knight is one of those rare comic book movies that are not only great as as a comic book movie but as a regular movie for mm-hmm. sure and so now it goes up against road to perdition which is obviously a great as a movie but its comic book status is still kind of up in the air especially from what we've heard from the people who listen to this mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. so what's your criteria on picking between these two movies well that's what it comes down to yeah if it comes down to performances you know who gives the best performance outside of heath ledger in the dark knight Christian Bale is is very good. Michael Caine is very good. The guy wearing hockey pads was pretty good. Guy wearing hockey <laughs> pads was great. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, 
Heath Ledger is that movie. You know, the the Joker is that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's weird that a, a villain can carry the day. With Road to Perdition, you've got some of the best acting of these legendary careers. You've got some of the best acting from Tom fucking Hanks, mm-hmm. Paul fucking Newman, yeah, Jude owns. fucking Law. Mm-hmm. Is there the any kid? Is there <laughs> the fucking kid? <laughs> Is there anybody that doesn't deserve a fucking in their name? Um, Daniel fucking Craig? Have mm. you ever seen Daniel Craig be better than he is in Road to Perdition? No, because Road to Perdition is one of the only characters he's played that felt human. Yep. Like, James Bond doesn't feel human. Which is funny, because he's the least human character in the movie. No, I get that. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I know I know human beings like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anybody that's like James Bond. Um, <clears throat> and he's, you know, I guess he's been in some other stuff but he's usually he's usually so stoic and seeing him just kind of play that extreme like fuck up son uh, <laughs> drinks too much yeah. and is a little too carried away with the gangster <laughs> business and it's all about it's all a pissing contest it is it, it starts by that i think maybe his first line where they're at the party or that they're at the uh the wake and he's he smiles at the the younger brother and he starts laughing. He's like, what's so funny? He's like, because it's all so fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's smiling at Tom Hanks and Paul Newman playing the piano yeah, with each other. Because yeah, he's jealous. Because he's jealous, but then that's how it manifests itself. God, I love that movie. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? What do I think? I think I have been ready to vote about this since last week. Yeah. And no matter how I vote, a part of me is going to feel ashamed. Yeah. I'm turning my back on something I love. Uh, I mean, not really, but I think a lot of people, <laughs> not a lot of people, but some people look at it that way. Oh, can I go ahead and say my vote? Go for it. I'm going to vote the Dark Knight. You despite, motherfucker. No, despite everything that I said, mm-hmm. if you, in the classic, if you put both of these movies in front of me, uh, it it's really a true coin flip mm-hmm. because I would love to watch either one of them. I think maybe fifty one times out of a hundred, I would choose The Dark Knight just mm-hmm. because just for the spectacle. The spectacle is so fucking. I could just watch that first scene and be entertained. I could just watch the even the confusing chase scene of the the car thing on Wacker. <clears throat> I could watch the ending. Like this this movie, top to bottom, is just excellent. And Road to Perdition is so fucking geniusly made but it's slightly less entertaining i can't even believe i'm saying that than the dark knight Mm. okay Mm. okay well it's interesting both of these movies uh have a chicago connection Mm -hmm. and i do love that scene in road to perdition when they go to chicago and does that pan up to old timey Mm -hmm. always reminds me of the untouchables when i see that scene Mm -hmm. which we're dealing with the same characters with yeah yeah uh, al capone um is nitty the i'm sorry and the Untouchables is Nitty, the rat face yes. second in command, and yes, the Untouchables that gets pushed off the roof. Yeah, uh, doesn't look anything like Stanley Tucci. He scream yeah, like a stuck pig. Yeah, he's the one that kills mm. Sean Connery. Yep. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think Road to Perdition probably has better overall acting, a better score, but I'm picking The Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's not even as close as it probably sounds you think uh road to perdition has a better score between these two movies yeah Yeah. Yeah. because ultimately god love him hans zimmer is a hall of famer Mm -hmm. but 
the the Dark Knight trilogy score is just percussive yep. beats. Yeah, it's it just runs to yeah runs together. And there's a couple of deep kind of horn swells that act as a bit of a theme, but it's nothing to compare to what Jacino would do with it. Or and you know Zimmer's getting more and more exploring this kind of noise as music thing the more he works with Nolan, which he's not doing on Nolan's new film Tenant. Um, because Zimmer could not turn down Dune, the chance to do the music for Dune. Oh. Mm. And so uh, Nolan's going to work with a new uh, composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dark Knight, uh, yes. It's, yeah. Uh, yes, it's superior. <laughs> yeah, Dark Knight has a football in the groin. I'm picking that. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, I think, like last week, I said Iron Man because I feel like if you flip-flopped our, our, uh, our brackets from... The last time we did this, uh, Road to Perdition easily wins that. But when you make it about comic books, uh, Iron Man takes takes the lead in this type of bracket. In this case, I'm not sure I would pick Road to Perdition in either bracket. Um, that's how good Dark Knight is. Uh, thought experiment. If we had had Iron Man versus Dark Knight, which way would we go? Oh. Uh, still Dark Knight for me. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. I would yeah. too. And I think it'd be easier than Road to Perdition. Mm, somehow, maybe. Even though we're doing comic book on comic book, excellent comic book on excellent mm-hmm. comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was just going down all the attributes for Road to Perdition, like, I was like, maybe I could lean that way. But yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Dark Knight is definitely going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. I believe that whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger that's right and that's a uh that's uh billy fickner in that uh that yes, people are all dead yeah <laughs> you guys know who you're stealing from um yeah who i don't even know is credited in that movie i don't are know you, if he really is. yeah don't even know if he got credited wow like and i and that would be a choice what what is the deal with uncredited stuff the actor gets to i think the the actor can say i can i think the actor can say yeah i'll work for you blah 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 but but don't credit me for whatever reason. And I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's because of, you know, sheer, like, uh, ego. Like, I know that uh, Gene Hackman took his name off the firm once he found out that Tom Cruise was going to have just his name on there. Yeah. Or, like, the big name, and he wasn't going to have any big name. So he just took his – I don't think he took his name off the credits, uh-huh. but he took it off all the marketing yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. And I think sometimes I think it's just like a personal choice. Like maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't get paid your usual amount. I don't know what it, I don't know what the the, the choice haven't is. We, haven't we wondered aloud before if his casting was a wink to Heat anyway? Um, what was he in Heat again? He just, he plays like some Hollywood producer. Yeah, he's in Heat, and that's a big heist right, movie. Right, and it feels yeah, like yeah. the beginning of Dark yeah. Knight is paying homage to Heat in a lot of ways yeah so maybe that had some maybe it was just a wink cast i know but it's still just to if if the actor or actress themselves have control final say on whether they're credited or not i could understand like not wanting it on welcome to mooseport or something like that yeah. like the fucking dark night i mean yeah. I, I i honestly don't know how that works i i'm i'm assuming it has nothing to do with like a director going i'm not crediting you asshole <laughs> yeah. i think it's more about the actor going i i don't i don't feel like i'm a part of the big cast hmm. Uh, and maybe my appearance will be like a surprise or something like that. Nobody will wonder what 
character i'm playing mm. I, I think it's cool to do that especially when there's like surprise actors sure, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that uh but i mean william fickner is not exactly like somebody who's like oh yeah no you know i, I love i love him <laughs> I but too. but he's not one of those type of guys so I mean, he should have taken his credit off of the lone ranger yeah he should have <laughs> he should have yeah fucking uh, movie yeah and uh what was that movie he was in with uh he was uh, the elysium he was in elysium too oh yeah, yeah. he should have taken his name off of that <laughs> <laughs> i like elysium was it elysium i think it was elysium the one where jodie foster's yeah, yeah and, above. and uh the they have the the medical things that can mm-hmm. like uh heal people in a minute in a second yeah. and william fickner's one of the rich people on the on the uh, earth yeah. that's got one of these cars that uh. Uh, you know one of the, no. yeah that movie had so much potential it did yeah it did that's it, all it you hate it no but i i don't like it right in the right in the middle right in the middle i would watch it if it came on and yeah. there weren't any friends there's there's like, a guy that we thought was going to be hot shit for a long time neil blomkamp yeah and then he just oh, kind of right that was him right he yeah. went from that to chappie mm-hmm. chappie was a letdown for all but like six people on the planet <laughs> and those six people were d-anford D. and him <laughs> yeah. and uh you know uh slumdog millionaire um <clears throat> but then he was going to do an alien movie and then he wasn't yeah and then he was going to do an alien movie and then he wasn't well yeah and was he on was he on i know that uh was it guillermo or was it peter jackson was on halo was he on halo ever? oh i think he was at one point yeah and, but i don't know what his current project is i don't either I, I i feel like the dude's talented i feel like he should he should have some big project district but. nine looks so fucking good yeah for the budget he had mm-hmm. that that you just give him a good maybe he's too insistent on writing his own stories because yeah. there's a lot in elysium and chappie that overlaps with district nine in terms of elements of storytelling mm-hmm. uh, but maybe he needs somebody else to give him a story to tell and he can shoot the shit out of yeah. it yeah elysium looks exactly like district well, so nine. does chappie <laughs> yeah have you seen chappie yes in chappie Mm. oh really yeah oh yeah. i think we send all the neil blom camps uh, yeah okay. we sent chappy when it came out i think we even timed the d antwerd yeah music video that. Yeah. oh god that was amazing uh, that was Freaky amazing <laughs> yeah we move on to the other final four matchup which is the avengers versus spider-man homecoming this is mm. disney marvel versus sony marvel mm. yeah baby Um, battle royale yeah yeah um what else does sony have to do does sony still own part of spider-man yeah they own all of spider-man they own the rights to film spider-man the the distribution is disney no no they they made not involved they made a special deal to allow marvel to distribute to have creative control Mm -hmm. over spider-man homecoming but it's still Sony distributing the thing. Yeah. And Marvel gets a... There's no Disney logo in the front of it. There's a Marvel logo. There's not. And a Sony logo. Disney might get some sort of residuals from characters that are in that come into their universe, but they're not involved in the... That's interesting because Homecoming only has, like, what, probably three, four minutes with Tony? And that's the only MCU character. All told. Well, and then... Oh, well, in the end, I Captain guess. Captain America shows up in the little uh, videos throughout. That's true. I guess Happy is a MCU character, so he's... Any a- any character, not Spider-Man, that's in there, that's been in... You know, is going to be from Disney Marvel, but... But Sony still has ownership, uh, full ownership of Spider-Man. Currently, yep. yes. And, and when this deal expl- expires, if they want to make Spider-Man movies on their own, they can't. And they have had such a success with Venom, mm-hmm. who they're not even cooperating with Marvel on, 
I don't see any reason why they won't do that. They made they made this deal because they couldn't make a good Spider-Man movie. Now they have done it and they can probably keep their actor or at least, you know, the, the audience at home doesn't know. Right. That my mom yeah. doesn't know whether it's Sony or Marvel that yeah. made the last Spider-Man movie. So they, they she just knows the latest Spider-Man movies have been good. My mom yeah. doesn't actually know that, by the way, <laughs> my wife. Um, and so, you know, they could easily say once this deal is done, we're going to do it all on our own and you can't have them in the MCU anymore. And we're going to team them up with Venom and then we're going to bring Carnage into the world. And I bit, uh, I don't know. I like I like him being tangentially affiliated with the Avengers. Probably more than I would like. It's been be. fun. I don't see how this Tom Holland Spider-Man and Tom Hardy's Venom can coexist in a movie together at all. The t- tone is wildly different. And I don't well, know how that's because the tone of Venom was fucking crazy. Uh, but it was it was veered hard into fucking crazy. <laughs> I would love to see. Oh, no, I, Tom I, Holland in I that. think I think they match perfectly to yeah. me. Yeah. To me, they do. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think I think you could put Venom in a Spider-Man, uh, you know, movie, and it would they wouldn't skip a beat. Imagine his reactions to Venom, like holy shit! Yeah, yeah. he just bit the head off that monster. Well, Tom Hardy's Tom Hardy's like uh, portrayal of that is humorous enough that I think it just matches. Yeah, Tom Hardy versus Tom Holland. Oh, the Toms, the Toms, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the he's they played father and son in uh, uh, in, in Lock. Uh, in Lock. Lock. Oh, this is too perfect to yeah. to ignore. Yeah, it's got to happen now. It's guys. all about money, man. It's all about money. And Venom made a shit ton of money. Yeah, and I think you could get away with doing a one off, one or two off, where he remains in the MCU. Spider Man does, but then he goes on an adventure with Venom, and then comes back to the MCU. They may let Marvel rent him. Like we're gonna keep, we're gonna make our own Spider Man Venom storyline, and you can rent Spider Man for some Avengers team ups if you want. But the point is, is that they can do that. Sony can do. Yes, yeah, Sony has all the say. Gotcha. Right gotcha. now. Interesting. It's and funny. that's why and they and they just benefit. They benefit by saying we're part of the MCU, and that you know. So I think everybody's getting paid their money, and everybody's happy, and you pay know. that man his money. Yeah, that's funny. To think of Sony as the Monday. the underdog in this whole thing. Is the tell at the end of Rounders that he eats it when he has when he has the cards when he has a good hand, but when he doesn't have the cards, he he puts the cookie back together yes. and sets it down. It's the dumbest tell ever. <laughs> I was going to say, is. but does the movie ever explicitly say that with dialogue or just no. show it to you? No. Okay. It just says it just says I just noticed his tell, and if you watch if you if you go through each time he did it. Uh, one time he did it at the beginning of the movie where he had the aces full. Uh, that's when he when he ate the cookie. The one time where uh where uh he's getting he gets a huge bet thrown at him and he opens the cookie and puts it back together. He obviously doesn't have what we're considering the nuts, the best hand, mm. which is essentially what that means. It's it's not really. I mean, lay down a monster. What, what what kills me is that it could it could literally mean a good hand that you still beat. Yeah, yeah. and he and he's taking that to mean full on nuts every yeah. time. And uh, so you know, who knows? We've never send rounders, right? No, we got a request on uh, Pulp Fiction. I have a feeling that video would be like thirty minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> well, because you have all the poker stuff, mm-hmm. but then you then you still have a movie, yeah, and you put, still have to send the put movie. Chris and Dicer on that. Yeah, it would just yeah. be fucking. That if, if, we wouldn't even be able to understand. Let's talk it. about Worm's plan. Yeah. Um. 
Well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Rounders, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, they did this movie back in 1998 when nobody knew anything about poker. Yeah. When I watched the movie the first time, I knew nothing about poker. <laughs> Uh, but now when you go back and, you know, you see all the things in there, the, the dramatic force behind that movie is the fact that he lost to the best hand possible <laughs> and he said he got outplayed yeah. and, and, and that's what sends, sends him on this, like, I can't play poker anymore thing. He sends him to law school. Yeah. That and Gretchen Maul. Of course, you know, Gretchen Maul will do that to you, yes, but, but, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, it's been, obviously rounders has been done by uh, like poker professionals mm-hmm. too like doug polk's done uh done a whole like breakdown of a lot of the hands because he used to he he's he still does he still does like breakdowns of actual hands that happen in the world but he's done rounders before Did you see that video with Penn Jillette, uh breaking down movie yes. magic tricks in movies yes. almost all of which were bullshit like right there's some uh uh now you see me tricks yeah. in the air and the yeah. prestige and the illusionist. And he basically explains this is a real trick. This is how it's done or this is bullshit. It's just movie magic. It's pretty funny. Oh, he's actually saying like the, the people that pull off magic tricks for real in movies. Yeah. So like he shows a scene from the prestige where sh- where they're doing the, the, the water tank. And he says this is based on a real trick. There's a p- plenty of people do that. And Houdini was made. Mm-hmm tricks like this and he explains sort of how it was done by people who did that trick but it's all he's being shown different tricks from movies and tv shows and just kind of doing commentary on them yeah check that out it's really fun no it's a good it's a good video um anyway i think spider-man homecoming is better than the avengers i know you do (laughs) i know you do (laughs) um the avengers and spider-man homecoming how do we break this down oh jesus you, you know my thoughts on the Avengers that I I think it's I think Chris appreciates it as a concept mm-hmm. as the fact that this was this is able to be done yep uh, brought together but I just like it like as the movie I really I I love all the build up I love the banter I love the stuff between Cap and Tony um, you get the the whole like who do you think you are a billionaire philanthropist something playboy. Um, that's so nonchalant. Like he's got that cocked and loaded. To he does. As soon he as does. somebody says, "Who do you think you are?" He's like, "Yes, finally, I can, finally I can use that line." <laughs> Jerk store. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love all that stuff. I even like the Clark Gregg stuff. I like that when Loki is imprisoned, he gets visited by you know a couple three of spirits. characters, oh, three wait. spirits. <laughs> well, it kind of is. It's Black Widow and it's Fury and it's uh and it's Clark Gregg. Um. Yeah, and and I don't think these whole good guy mashups like Hulk versus Thor and Thor versus Cap versus Tony, I they make sense to me in the context of the movie. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it's not like Civil Wars where yeah, where no, was, they've got established relationships at that point. This yeah. one they don't. Yeah. Um. So I, I agree with you on that. Like you just said, the Avengers never really appealed to me throughout until it got towards that last third or so of it and everything it's fine i don't hate it but do you like the action in this well obviously if you like that last third yes well i mean the last i mean look the last third also has some of the worst shit in it too like just them destroying everything kill all these aliens in new york but it's also like got all the lines it's got all the moments it's got all the things that you know you've got the gun cocking yeah he's got the gun cocking (laughs) it's everything that you remember avengers about like the there's a there's a whole there's a whole you know there's that whole thing where they're what is that 
that part where the i think the the flying base is like the what is that the helicarrier scene? the helicarrier mm-hmm. there's that whole thing where they got to fix all the shit yeah, yeah they got to yeah. do engine work yeah <sighs> they got to do engine work yeah. and that doesn't doesn't appeal to me <laughs> then they have like uh you know they have loki in there and, and he tricks uh them and into getting out of his little you know glass case of emotion and, <laughs> and all that and that's fine i like all that but it's it, it's it's it that movie has never like just been like a super home run for me mm. i'm i'm look i'm picking spider-man homecoming knowing it's not going to win oh i i actually don't know what what jeremy's gonna choose because i will pick the avengers mm. um i hate picking against spider-man homecoming but we've detailed I'm, its problems. I'm fully prepared for the people on Facebook to say that my pick of Spider-Man Homecoming over Avengers is worse than uh, the Road to Perdition over Iron Man thing. I'm expecting <laughs> that. <clears throat> I I love Spider-Man Homecoming the way I love people mm-hmm. and pets. Mm-hmm. It's... A, it's very flawed, but it's very comforting to me. Yes, it is. And when I go to it, I feel good. <laughs> One thing I'll, while you're thinking, it does have a great use of the Spoon song called The Underdog. That is not a reason to vote for a movie. Well, I thought about it because I, this came on yesterday, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And when he's walking home from school after when he's texting uh, Happy all those the thousands of times and everything, it's like, da 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 That's the underdog by Spoon. That's and awesome. <laughs> it's just a nice little like thing thrown in there. I did tweet several months ago about like the song that's playing. It's that sooner or later, uh-huh. run away, let you down. And it, as he's learning to dance and then eventually walking up to his date's house and the lyrics in there are like you'll run away and let me down Mm -hmm. sooner or later you'll be found out and hit the ground and it Mm -hmm. all actually works with what's about to happen yeah thematically it's not a better movie than the avengers i think (laughs) i had seen two great fun spider-man portrayals i think tom holland is the best of the three yeah but not groundbreaking and new in the way that the Avengers was in terms of both bringing together several heroes, but cheer worthy moments. Mm-hmm. And we've had, we've had infinity war where we get the moon being thrown by Thanos and then we get Thor coming down and he's all like, hey, you guys are screwed now. And there's these moments, right? Yeah. But before the Avengers, the Avengers was the first one that gave us these mm-hmm. where Iron Man shoots his laser off cap shield yeah. <laughs> and he turns into Hulk right before he punches that huge ship. And then mm-hmm. the puny God thing. And there's just, just about five or six moments in 20, 25 minutes there that no superhero movie had ever given us. And, uh, for that reason, I'm voting Avengers. Nice. I think objectively, the Avengers is a better movie. I just like Spider-Man Homecoming. That's better. totally fair. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, the biggest laughs that I've heard in a theater in a long time. Maybe not ever, but the first time that, cause I saw an opening weekend, the first time that he's in the middle of monologuing and Hulk picks it up. Oh, yeah. And fucking. Believe me, that's a, that's a moment that one of the last moments in uh, movie theaters where I actually went in, checked, uh, audience reaction for, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we started Cinema Sins in 2012 and I, and I finished in 2013. Uh, The Avengers was one of the last movies that I actually, cause the midnight shows for that, for that <laughs> movie was insane. 
and they were just off like enough that I could go to each auditorium and see it in each one. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you just knew how huge of a hit this was going to be on that alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one scene is all it really needed <laughs> to be that big of a hit. Almost. Oh my God. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was, a, that was a scene that, uh, yeah, you knew. How. It's so good. Yeah. I, 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 I the first time I showed it to my son, I was like, oh, my God, it's coming up. It's man, coming up. Yeah, yeah. Versus Spider-Man Homecoming when I knew that the porn line was coming up. And, <laughs> and I, you had to distract yourself. <laughs> you like the movie, son? <laughs> what do you think so far? That's the biggest laugh in the whole movie, too. Yeah, I know. I don't want him to start at, what is porn? <laughs> Of course, it's inevitable. Spoiler you know. alert. He knows what porn is. Spoiler alert. Last <laughs> podcast, you no, talked no, about no. Reddit porn. He doesn't listen to this shit. <laughs> All right. All right. It's funny. Like, there's, better a, not be. there's a couple of instances. <laughs> Go to bed. There's a couple of instances in my life where I knew that young kids were watching videos they sh of ours that they shouldn't have. One was my nephew when he was like, I don't know, six or seven or whatever. And he was just randomly quoting sins from a video like the room that i was like you saw that you saw that you saw that video even though my dad you know even though your dad is saying that oh i don't let him watch blah 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 you can't watch him 24 hours a day <laughs> and uh, i've been to other friends house where apparently the kid loves cinema sins and all that and it's like and it's like, oh, no, don't watch those. Watch these. I'm like, you haven't stopped him from watching these other ones <laughs> the other times that you aren't around. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe your kid hasn't seen porn, but I bet he's heard of it. Uh, he's definitely heard of it. Mm -hmm. By the way, I went to a neighborhood picnic about a month ago, and uh, one guy came over and asked what I did. And I mentioned Cinema Sins. And this other couple next to us was like, what? And I was like, yeah, CinemaSins. Actually, I said, you know, work on a YouTube channel. And he asked what it was. I said CinemaSins. And they were like, whoa. And they knew every video. This is a young couple with huh. two kids uh, that knew every video and everything. And so the guy who initially asked me uh, was, like, really interested. And he was like, man, that, that sounds awesome. I can show some of it to my kids. And I was like, oh, you're, I didn't see your kids here. And he was like, no, I'm a youth pastor. At, uh, oh, <laughs> Presbyterian right. church. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, we're doing vacation Bible school right now. We can yep. run away. To. Run away. <laughs> like, no, I, I went for a checkup to the doctor yesterday, and the doctor said, hey, you have a new book coming out soon, don't you? And I was like, how do you remember that? She was like, I only have one patient that's like a YouTuber. <laughs> so you stick out. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Anytime like people just randomly are like, what's your, what's your channel or what's your website, which you get a <laughs> yeah. lot to, um, you know, I, and I'm like, it's cinema sins. It's this and that and whatever. And I punch it in for them on YouTube and all that. That's the channel. I'm always like, you know, I don't have any expectations that they're going to become fans right. or anything afterwards, but I'm always a little worried. Like once they see this, they're going to look at me in a completely different light. <laughs> um, Depends on which sin. Like there could be a video that'll make him laugh from start to finish, mm -hmm. and then there'll be one. Yeah, like what happened to us in a meeting one time? Oh, where yeah. a perfectly oh, well-intentioned sin yeah. popped up at the wrong time. Yep. She was loving the. Yeah, it's oh, hilarious. Jesus. Oh my god! God, I was so horrified. Yeah, me too. Me <laughs> I too. Just wanted to leave the but room. it was very funny. Yeah, was think funny. about. She didn't seem bothered. By no, it. no, no. And 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 she was working at a place that's very like. Yeah, no kidding. Testosterone. <laughs> 
fueled. Um, I think we cut it right at that point. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So else. anyway, you get the point. Uh, um, uh, well, this leads to our championship. I think this is almost preordained in a way. The Dark Knight versus the Avengers. Mm, it uh, really is. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like this if you were to pick two movies one from dc and one from marvel this would probably end up being what it is yeah and all the stuff that we've been arguing about doesn't matter anymore it's a moo point it is a moo point <laughs> sorry that's a joeyism from friends yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so uh when tackling these two movies going up against each other, the heaviest hitters uh, that there are, how do we how do we decide what's the best movie? We pick the Dark Knight. We pick the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Please go to Sincast, presented by Cinema Sins, on Facebook. Uh, you can also get us on Reddit, uh, <laughs> Sins Twitter. Um, MVS Twitter. Oh, um, this has been like five are, episodes of Build. There are a lot of places to go and reach us. Oh, uh, what do you think? Do you think it should be Dark Knight or Avengers? Uh, please give us your comments. Were you going to vote Avengers? We know. <laughs> <laughs> i think we all know that after i glowed about the dark knight and did not glow so much about the avengers that was where i was going but oh that was awesome um <laughs> yeah. that was awesome um yeah the Dark Knight is a better movie, right? It really is <laughs> in every way. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's a do- it's it's a domination because the Avengers is arguably more fun. I would say that, but nothing nothing can touch the scope, the 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 spectacle, the especially Heath Ledger's performance, the characters can't get close. I do. I know that this is morbid to think about, but I do wonder how we would perceive how would we perceive this movie had Heath Ledger not died. I know that's a big question that's been asked before. Yeah. Um, would he have won the Oscar? Would he? Would we consider this one of the best villains? I think we would still would. I certainly think I would. Yeah. I don't think he would have won the Oscar. I don't think he he would have engendered enough goodwill. I forget. Well, that was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yep. I, I don't know who he was up against, but like, yeah, I can't think, remember. Do either. you think he would have won if he were? Still uh, my gut says no, uh, just because the Academy does seem to get sentimental now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his performance was, would have been equally worthy. Uh, I agree, but yeah. I, I'm not sure they would have voted for him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he would have? Uh, yeah, I don't even know if he gets nominated. I think maybe because it was supporting actor, right? Yeah, yeah obviously. Because th- there, there's a tendency of the academy to look down on this type of material and comedies. Um, and I think if if Johnny Depp gets a nomination for the first Pirates, I think Heath Ledger probably. Gets oh man, one. I st- I still don't know. I still don't know. Yeah, I don't uh, think he'd win though. For yeah, sure. I don't think he wins. Um, and then yeah, I think the perception of the movie might be different. Certainly, you know, we've talked about this more than enough but certainly nolan 
is free to make a different movie for the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it sure feels like the way they are set up in The Dark Knight as the yin to each other's yang, they sort of need each other to exist to really be themselves. Now, there's no way he wasn't going to have Joker affiliated with the third movie if, if Ledger hadn't died. That might change our perspective on the whole series. Yeah. I do think that Heath Ledger, if he doesn't get nominated and doesn't win for this, eventually has some sort of prestige role. Oh, fuck yeah. Later that he gets not, he gets, he wins for, cause he's already on that track with Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. He didn't get nominated for Brokeback. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. yeah. Um, but, uh, I just watched part of that yesterday. I did too. I love that moment. The, the, the first time they're leaving, when he, he comes down and, jake is like oh gary came back and said bring him on down and heath ledger's all mad he's like cutting us out of another month's you know pay that son of a bitch jake is like really nice he's like hey i can lend you some money if you want and my favorite part of the whole movie this is stupid ledger ledger goes i ain't in the poor house and then he kicks some snow and goes shit Uh, he would have won an award i think eventually and and i and i do wonder what the box office performance of the dark knight would have been too Mm -hmm. considering batman begins was a decent hit it was you know it was it was perfectly fine i think that warner brothers in basking in the days of their older warner the batman probably looked at it as a little bit of a disappointment maybe not i don't know but it, it felt like it was like we we are beginning again we're trying to shed are that old batman we're trying to do the new batman and maybe they liked how that first one got. but the it's it, it would be interesting to know what the box office performance of the dark knight would have been had that not happened mm-hmm. as well because it was it, it, this is the other morbid part of it it came a perfect storm for that movie because sure. it happened just a couple of months before i think it was a couple of months mm-hmm. before the movie was to come out and uh and it, and it sort of had this wave of emotion coming towards it as it as it got released and it it opens with a fabulous jo- joker scene yeah. and a great entrance and everything and just you can just feel the tension and the the you know the uh excitement for his performance immediately as he sh- when he pulls his mask off yep and uh, has that great line as he comes in um <laughs> so anyway we don't we'll never know how how we would have uh it's just a fun sort of like what if <laughs> warner brothers tried to kill tom hardy what <laughs> to see if they could do replicate oh yeah yeah right? yeah Jesus. hey i think we've come up with a pretty good like uh storyline for like a mystery novel or whatever <laughs> keep killing off antics. yeah 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 uh, you know, uh, killing off the main star was uh, horrible and tragic, but it's doing wonders for our bottom line. <laughs> Can't you see a satire, something like Josie and the Pussycats, uh, the way they play with like you know marketing? <laughs> Couldn't you see somebody making a movie like where a studio executive like Tom Cruise's character from Tropic Thunder goes, "Well, we got an award and a billion dollars, so let's kill the villain." Yeah, this yeah, yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. Oh, it's so terrible, <laughs> but true in a way uh so yeah we all we all picked the dark knight dark knight's champ i think a lot of people predicted that when this whole thing was set up uh i think it's easy to 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 say well mcu is so dominant and and everything that one of the mcus would come through but every time the dark knight stacks up against anything yeah i mean there's not really anything head to head it didn't have the hardest 
path to this in in, in our minds at least. Right, it went up but against Endgame. Even if it goes Doctor against, Strange. even if it's Avengers right off the bat, like we're picking Dark Knight, and yeah. then and then what what challenges it then? It's not Infinity War, and it's not you know. There's there's a lot of different uh, uh, big strong movies we could put up against, and it just wouldn't. Yeah, Black Panther, I guess, was its. Yeah. Yeah, I would say challenge. so. Yeah, that's the only one that wasn't unanimous, I think. Yeah, and even Road to Perdition. I wanted to, but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't pull the trigger. Um, unlike unlike uh, Tom Hanks, I couldn't pull the trigger. There you go. There that you go. does it. We've settled it. The Dark Knight's the best comic book movie Woo-hoo! ever. Yes. And so, DC people and Marvel people, DC was well represented all the way through this bracket yep so i think it, it turned out to be more even than even we expected I more certainly. even than even yeah 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 more human than human that's right mm-hmm. as as the famous poet white zombie was <laughs> <laughs> famous poet. what was that based on more human than human? oh it's a uh, blade runner yep yeah. yep oh mm-hmm. wow that doesn't make me like the song anymore uh, no i can't do i can't do it i like him i love that song i love that song too Hey guys, it's time to talk about movie again. Yeah, baby. Um, I've seen uh, in the last time we talked about movie, I've seen uh, three movies on on the service. Two of them will not be there when you uh, listen to this. One was Alfred Hitchcock's Blackmail. Um, oh yeah, good stuff. This was his um, early ones, right? Yeah, yeah, very early and very just like to the point. Like these the, these old movies are like you know seventy minutes long or whatever, <laughs> and it's like okay, here's what happened. Here's the main little. <laughs> here's the main uh, conflict, and we're gonna solve it in ten minutes. <laughs> um, but uh, you no, know, it was good. But it, it's it's not like Hitchcock's best yeah, or yeah. anything like that. Uh, it, it did require a little bit more substance for me, but. Uh, but it's very Hitchcocky, and uh, then I saw a movie. <laughs> this is an interesting one to talk about for the ad: uh, the Lullaby to the Sorrowful Mystery. Hmm. Um, I only watched this as a pure endurance test. No, <laughs> because the movie is—I am not shitting you—eight hours long. Oh, wow um <laughs> kind of scrambled my brain <laughs> yeah it's a it's a movie from the philippines that came out and it's about the philippine revolution in 1896 wow and i was like okay i'm, I'm obviously didn't watch it in one sitting i watched it <laughs> over time but uh i was like is this a movie that requires eight hours of of length and the answer is of course no <laughs> <laughs> it's a great and interesting topic because i didn't know that there was a philippine revolution involving spain back in 1896 and that it directly uh, led into the spanish-american war later did not know any of that although i don't think they talk about the spanish-american war in that movie Mm. but yeah that that movie's eight hours long man (laughs) uh and and i and i was it's it's one of those it's like it's weird we're doing a movie ad right we want you to 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 go to movie i can't recommend that movie but that's <laughs> well, gone there are movies like that yeah man that you can come on and and watch and 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 see for yourself and that's the point right yeah there's all these movies that you would never see in theaters or around on like netflix or anything like that you would just it's you know it's, it's it broadens your horizon very much so yeah and uh, i'm glad that i watched it even though i don't think it required eight hours long yeah i know i mean you've got such variety you've got these obscure things and you've got lesser known hitchcock stuff mm-hmm. 
But you've got Joss Whedon doing Much Ado About Nothing yep. in black and white, which is delightful. Oh, it's a great one. You've got Robert Altman doing Dr. T and the Women. Oh, yeah. Which features Kate Hudson and Liv Tyler. Yeah. Doing, doing, doing their thing. Uh, you've got Tim and Eric doing the comedy. Yeah, which I saw. I saw the comedy mm-hmm. and uh, an, in, uh, an interesting movie because uh they're do i don't know if they advertise it this way movie advertises it this way as an anti-comedy <laughs> and like so they're there it's it's almost like they're not trying to set up jokes and stuff but like there are moments and i showed two yeah. to barrett where just out of nowhere the most profane but hilarious dialogue comes out of these guys mouths the greatest the movie itself is is just interesting to watch it's a good like like character study of an asshole yeah essentially what it is but but like out of nowhere you'll just get these like really funny profane dialogue <laughs> no moments and it and it, it catches you off guard <laughs> and uh and so it's uh yeah some fun stuff and i've got i've got one more to recommend and warn yeah i guess uh it's it's called the exterminating angels have you ever seen this jeremy Mm-mm. this is uh it's it's a very porny premise. Now I know why you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, okay, it's a French film, uh, Jean-Claude Brousseau uh, in 2006. Uh, it's about a director who wants to film the experience of the authentic female orgasm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so he goes about this by doing casting calls to young french beautiful women Mm -hmm. and he eventually gets three that could audition for his movie and during these auditions they literally and it's very uh forthcoming the movie is of them bringing themselves to orgasm there's no interaction by the director it's not to get his jollies off it's literally to just i'm giving air quotes to experience to see it to observe it Mm. and so it goes on and on and on and it turns out that you know the the women not only form relationships with each other but also with him through some sort of transference and things like that movie is beautiful movie is is so well done it is the acting performances are phenomenal you will not be able to stop watching this despite it being lurid in material uh and and the women are beautiful and the guy is beautiful and so i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. went back and and read about this brousseau feller yeah and oh by the way at the end of the movie spoil for you a little bit at the end of the movie uh the women charge him with harassment uh, for making quote making them do this okay and he gets sentenced to uh to a suspended sentence basically he gets convicted of this and the character is like how could this happen to me this obviously wasn't my intent i wasn't harassing them at all uh this is absurd and so you're meant to feel for this guy turns out the director of the movie had the exact same thing happen to him he was alleged he was convicted of harassing women during casting calls and he made this movie as a fuck you mm. and it makes the experience in the aftermath of it 
make you feel icky. Well, mm. I was going to say, that changes things. It changes everything. You were talking about like how on the waterfront was Elia Kazan sort of like, this is my story. Mm-hmm. This is me like, you know, uh, you know, uh, giving my defense for what I've done mm-hmm. and everything. And this is sort of the same kind of deal. Yeah, even more explicit. Yeah. I mean, this is literally like the director in the movie is is a stand-in for mm-hmm. this this guy. It's not even an allegory. It's yeah. just like, hey, fuck you. I'm going to show you that I didn't harass him. I never laid a, a finger on him. I just watched them finger themselves. So everything <laughs> is fine. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it, like, and it and and it doesn't diminish. And I'm I'm, I'm recommending this movie because it's so well done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish what is on the screen, mm-hmm. but it does just make you question why this person did this. Mm-hmm. It it also makes you question: Can you separate art from the artist? Right, right. Because this guy. Well, that's a clear like muddying the the you know the line there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad that I had these thoughts about like how I feel about it. Anyway, we've we've effused obviously a lot about this. There's so much f- interesting, yes. fun, thoughtful stuff that goes into this service. Sign up if you ain't already signed up. Sign up. It's mubi.com/slash/cinemasins. M-U-B-I.com/slash/cinemasins. Full month free. Mm-hmm. Full oh, month. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred percent off. So uh, do mm-hmm. do it so you can d- now so you can watch the Joss Whedon the Much Ado About Nothing thing. Yeah. Uh, watch you some Doctor T and the women and the yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> nobody knows what that meant. They will once they want. <laughs> yeah, they will. They will. <laughs> and uh, watch you know some of these other things. I watched a little bit of the comedy with Chris uh, yesterday, and it was such an interesting. Yeah, movie. yeah, like it's it's uh it's a it's a wreck of worn yeah, like totally. in, in the in real life, but yeah, like yeah. it's one of those where like man, there's some really funny shit in there. Yeah, yeah, it's totally worth watching. So yeah, sign up today, movie.com/slash/cinemasins. Yeah, we we have uh, uh some time for some uh, recommends and warns. Totes amaze balls. There great. It hey. won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, pistol packing mama. Who wants to start? <laughs> uh, I will tell you, I only have recommends today. Ooh, I didn't okay. bring any warns, so bring I will do positivity. two rounds of recommends. Pretty rare for me yeah. to bring positivity, so I'll take it when I can get it. By the way, yeah? I saw a movie on Stars. I didn't watch the movie because it looked like hot garbage, but it looked like something that you would have seen. Mm-hmm. I, feel, called, I feel complimented by that sentence. Movie called Shock and Awe. I've seen it. <laughs> Woody, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically James Marsden and like two other Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of big people in it. it, but it sucks, right? It's terrible. It's basically it covers a lot of the same ground W does the uh, Oliver Stone movie. Uh-huh. Um and uh yeah it's not worth watching. I actually was on that for about 12 minutes last night. <laughs> but it was I mean it looks like it's straight to VOD or whatever it is. I don't think it got a wide release. No, I think it was one of those I think it's very similar to that uh movie Woody Harrelson made with Julianne Moore um, about um, the governor of Alaska. Palin? Palin. Um, I didn't even heard of that. Have you heard of it? It's called... What? The what? Woody is Harrelson, Woody Harrelson is, the, is the Republican vetter for John McCain, who's played by Ed Harris. Oh. Uh, and they... Is that... Is, it's oh, not the... Um, uh, it's the HBO. It's not... Is that the Julianne Moore mm-hmm. one? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, that was... It wasn't Margin Call, but it was... Uh, 
It was on HBO. Though. It was, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this shock and awe, I think, is very. I think is made by a similar outfit that wanted to make a political statement and disguise it as. Oh, a movie. I see. That was a. I liked that movie. It's great, but you can't convince me that movie started as anything other than we're going to show the world how dumb Palin is. Yes, yes, because it, because McCain slash Ed Harris comes off as fairly good natured and like principled, but he yeah. made this one mistake. Well, and everybody in that movie, everybody comes to regret. Palin, yeah, yeah, everyone. Yeah. Game, game change. Game, game change. change. It's a good film. Shock and awe, not so much. <laughs> okay. But I have seen so it. I made the, <laughs> the warn for you. Sorry. There you um, go. Do you want to give us a recommend or a warn? What do you got? I've got a wreck of warn. I, yeah, I've got a wreck of warn. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Stranger Things Chapter 3 or Season 3? I have not yet. I have not ever seen Stranger You've Things. You've never seen an episode. And I feel attacked. I, I, the, first, uh, the first season of Stranger Things I watched within three days of it coming out. Mm-hmm. And the season two I watched it when it came out. Stran- the season three came out when I was in Vegas. And mm-hmm. I just didn't have like a, a moment where I was like, yeah, let's just watch this now. So I'm still waiting. Hopefully it won't get spoiled for me. How did you like the second season? Uh, I remember the second season being good except for the one episode. Yeah. The, it was fine, but it wasn't anywhere near how good the first season was. No, no, right? no, no. I don't think so. I'm starting to think this series is like Toy Story, where the second season of Stranger Things wasn't necessary, but it was good. And the third season is a little less good, but completely unnecessary. Mm. I've seen two separate articles in the last week, like think pieces that were like, hey, Stranger Things fans, the 80s actually sucked for anyone who lived through them. Don't let this show make you think it was fun and you know happy days. <laughs> no, I mean that first season had very similar uh vibes to it where like you're you're just it's the the 80s the parents weren't as concerned about the safety of their kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They could ride bikes in the neighborhood, get into shenanigans and stuff like that. Right? Season 3 um I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but they're a little bit older. I think they're about 15. Very much like strings, mm. right? The jump from mm. season one to season three. Mm. And so hormones are starting to come out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's done in what I think is so ham-handedly. It's, it's, and I put this in the email. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but I think you handled it a lot better in oh. strings than they do in this because it's so, I don't know. It's You have to experience watching it. And I'd like to see if, if you have the same thought about mm-hmm. it because- at times, it's way overdone, and at times, it's way underdone. There is mm-hmm. no like happy medium where it feels authentic. Matter of fact, it sounds like I'm warning it more than I'm recommending it. I'll get to the good stuff later on, but there, this this series seems very inauthentic. They made uh, David Harbour's character, Hop, like a stripped-down, overblown caricature of his, like, his negative personality mm-hmm. for the, or, or his traits for most of the series. He's cranky and he's grumpy and he's drunky and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, until, you know, it, it, not the whole time. Uh, they made Winona Ryder even more spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, they made the kids even more like this, the Scooby gang and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Eleven is really, really cool to watch in this. They added a character. They fleshed out. Actually, I think she was in the previous uh, seasons and uh, she's fantastic. Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman's daughter is in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maya Hawke, she's great. The kid that plays Dustin with the t- tously curly hair and the, the tooth, he's he's great. Um, So there is a lot to like about this, but like by the end of it, I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know 
that I feel happy that I that I spent whatever it was seven hours on this binging it. Mm-hmm. But there is enough to like there that uh, that I would give it a record one. I saw a trailer for a new Netflix show starring Iko Uweiss, the guy from, yeah, from the, Raid. the Raid Two and the Raid. It's called Woo Assassins. Mm-hmm. It's a Netflix show. It's going to be 10 or 12 episodes. Um, the guy from John Wick 3, uh, Mark Dacascos, who was the... That was a good fight, wasn't it? The uh, Iron Chef guy. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. it, did we... Did, is that guy... Was that guy Iron Chef? Yeah, he, no, he was the host of the Iron Chef show. Oh, uh, okay. So he would always the, go, I cuisine! Was that the, the actual Japanese version or the American version? The American, the American version. version. American version. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And Mark Dacascos was, in the 90s, like a wannabe action yes. star yeah, yeah. who did like... Well, he basically what Frank Grillo is now. Yeah. In terms of he made plenty of money making action movies you never saw. Right. Um... <clears throat> He's going to be in that? Um, yeah. In fact, I don't know exactly. It's not p- super explained, but Eco is a chef, but he gets possessed or he possesses the spirit of the Wu assassin. So everyone else sees Mark Dacascos, but it's actually Eco inside. And so some of the action scenes, you'll see Eco throwing punches and they'll cut to another angle and it'll be Mark Dacascos throwing those punches. Oh, I. So he's somehow inside this guy's body. I'm so watching the shit out of this show. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. (laughs) I saw the trailer yesterday. Um, So I'll recommend. I got to recommend. All right. Um, uh, My first one will be uh, I recommended on a live broadcast once when we were asked about our favorite miniseries. And and I said, From the Earth to the Moon. Uh And HBO, for the 50th anniversary of the uh, moon landing, Apollo 11, HBO re ran the whole of From the Earth to the Moon. And. If you have not seen it in a while, mm-hmm. you are not prepared for how many fucking famous people are in this. I don't know how many of them were not famous at the time. Tony Goldwyn, Brian Cranston, um, the Brady Bunch dad in the, oh, from the movies. Gary Cole. Gary Cole, uh, Tim Daly. Uh, there's probably two dozen actors you know their name by just looking at them. This isn't the documentary. There was a no. documentary series. This is uh, a dramatization. I and it, 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 it goes all the way from some of the Gemini programs uh-huh. up to um, Apollo 13 even, and I think beyond, because um, they do the whole level thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every episode, it's kind of like The Wire. Every episode focuses on a different aspect. So there's one whole episode that focuses on the media members, and uh, Jay Moore is in that one. And huh. He's trying to get, he's trying to finagle interviews with the family and sell the the lurid parts of the story and the proper newsmen just want to tell the science and uh but then the the apollo 13 episode is shown from the astronauts wives perspectives um it was really good i i had already remembered it being good but it was better than i remembered but the one thing i want to point out is so dumb it opens every episode that the coming on from the earth to the moon if you will is samples a segment of that jfk speech where he declared we would go to the moon and he mispronounces the word decade so he it's every episode opens with him we choose to go to the moon we choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do the other things not because they are easy but because they are hard and so it's become a thing now where i'll just walk into a room my wife is in and go we choose to go to the moon this decade and then he says and do the other things which is super vague right Uh, well he had talked about because that scene's actually in the in first man Oh, is uh, it? He had said, like, why do you climb that mountain? Oh, yeah, that's right. Why do you do this? 
Why do we go to the moon? That's we then he's to referring to back to the, to the other things. things. But it does sound <laughs> weird if you start. It reminds me of the thing. The other thing that you that you always bring up from uh, my fellow Americans, the 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 facade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I watched every single episode. I was riveted. Yeah, I think I saw this when it came out, and I don't remember anything about it, but I remember liking it. Yeah, and every episode has famous people in it uh, that are great. This was 1998 when this was Spielberg made. Spielberg involved with this? I think he threw some money at it. It was mostly Hanks. Um, it was Hanks that was... Fresh off Apollo 13, he turned into a space nerd. Right. And made this, and also with Spielberg, made produced Band of Brothers. Right. Uh, fresh off Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Hanks likes to really throw himself into these characters. Yep. Uh, and then becomes, in, you know, fascinated with the world. <laughs> He's going to remake Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I saw watch that trailer. That it's, it looks like a really good impression. I don't care. I've seen "Won't You Be My Neighbor" and I loved it. And I don't need to watch this movie. That's how mm-hmm. kind of how I it's feel. It's like Man on Wire versus. That's kind of how I feel. The Wire. That's kind of how I feel. So I'm sure Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be in this. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Walk. The Walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man on Wire was the documentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Walk. Man um, on wire, then bird on a wire. Right, right. Bird on a wire, and I then like, the wire. Yeah, I like bird mm-hmm. on a wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's silly. Um. I'm going to wreck a warn Midsummer. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think Ari Aster is a human wreck a warn making mm-hmm. machine because hereditaries like this too. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up ended up on second third viewings of hereditary really liking that. Mm-hmm. Movie. Not sure that Midsummer will will be classified into that. Uh I like the underlying theme of this movie, which is a bad relationship ready to ready to end, essentially. Uh I just don't like how it goes about it in in I like I like how it looks pretty and it look and I like how it's a it's a different way to explore this type of type of thing. A bad relationship, you know, this is the type of thing. And then it sort of buries us under a whole bunch of like symbolic stuff by the end of it and uh i know a lot of people like to you know uh, dissect a movie and like oh look at all these symbols look at these symbols i found meaning from that later on when i did some research and all that that doesn't make a movie good to me Mm. uh i've 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 been at, at war with myself on these these situations and movies uh the past few years that have been have been uh, lauded for their like oh look at all these deep deeper meanings that they threw in there and i don't know if that necessarily means the movie's good like i could if you could make a you could make a total piece of shit and just have like symbols all the way through it. And if you went and, and go research it and it makes you feel smart that you <laughs> figured out what those symbols are, mm-hmm. then you suddenly, oh, I'm going to look at that movie, that piece of shit, uh, way, way more than I would. Just describe the game Mist, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did. did. I did. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I so- hate to say that because I do, I do like parts of this movie i think the i think the movie works on its whatever level it's trying to work on mm-hmm. but it's just that you know there's so much in here that's like abhorrent violence in mm-hmm. this. um uh there's just and and you know all all you know explained away by well this is just the way things are and so on and so forth and it's like yeah but 
<laughs> we don't need to see all that. Yeah. Uh, we don't. There's nothing There's nothing but other than you making an audience cringe and feel uncomfortable. And I just, I'm not on board with that. And, uh, and I don't get offended or like you know super like creeped out by things that in general like Mm. i'm i'm very like uh desensitized to a lot of things holy shit though midsummer really strains that dude if it strains you (laughs) i don't even know if i'm gonna watch this Um, i mean everything i've heard about this movie is that mm -hmm. is that uh, now i haven't seen it Mm. but it seems to be in many circles getting celebrated simply for its excess mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's my kind I, of jam i don't know the uh the i would also say in this wreck of warn there's you would you would have trigger warning type stuff in here because right off the bat florence Pugh, who is amazing in this and this is probably the main reason why this is a recommend uh is is great she plays this woman who is concerned about her sister who uh has left some cryptic emails to her and has not gotten back to her in a week or something says something to the effect of i'm going into the dark now and mom and dad are coming too and uh and after a week of not hearing from them we can let our imaginations run wild Mm. as to what happened there uh this uh while she's concerned about that she's trying to tell her boyfriend yeah i'm very worried about this and her boyfriend is like just doesn't want to hear it anymore i guess is is a he's a dick he's a bad boyfriend Mm -hmm. uh when he talks about this with his buds his buds are like ah dude you totally need to get rid of her man because Mm -hmm. gee she always talks about herself and blah 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 when this is a dead fucking serious thing yeah that she's talking about like I didn't connect to those guys or those bros at all. I know there's probably people like that out in the world. I just don't know them, I guess. Uh, like, I don't know of anybody who would be in a relationship and their girlfriend that they apparently love tells them, I'm very concerned about my family. And it's like, ah, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll settle itself, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, when this, when this, uh, this, you know, turning point happens early on in the film uh he's been planning this trip to go to i believe it's sweden god damn it yeah i think from what i've read it's sweden yeah um uh it's it's him the dude bros and there's this guy who is from sweden who's in the part of their group and everything uh they are going out there uh one of them for sure is going out there to make an anthropological study uh and another guy he's not decide the uh, the boyfriend guy he's not decided what he's really wanting to do and everything but he has to write a thesis of some sort um and uh he doesn't tell the girlfriend that's what they've been planning and then it's like a week before the trip they bring it up in conversation and she's like oh really are you are you actually going to do this and he's like i haven't decided yet and all the dude bros are like of course you've decided we're going <laughs> and um and so they he invite he events sort of like pity invites her to this retreat this this uh this sort of not retreat but sort of a uh commune uh you know place that's in the middle of nowhere sweden mm. and uh and so like right off the bat there you know she's they're they're getting acclimated to this commune and everything but 
he's the the if the whole point of this is to show how much of a dick he is and how it, i wish they had added more character to this he's boyfriend. just a straight up dick he is he there's nothing to him at mm. all there if if he had some something that let me in mm. to his character then i would feel a little bit more devastated or i might even feel like a little bit like by the time this movie ends, there are things that happen to characters where you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that seems just for what they've been putting us through this whole time. But like, if they'd given some of these people a little bit more character, I would have been a little bit more on board with this. I can't, I can't, I don't like movies that just give you as this guy is a one dimensional cock, you mm. know, doesn't, doesn't work for me. I know it I know it works in the in the the motif that you're putting up here where it's like oh bad relationships girls shouldn't have to put up with this I get it mm-hmm. I understand but the guy is going to be more than this for sure Yeah so I I felt a little empty about that movie shot beautifully mm-hmm. uh it will make you go what the fuck all the way through there's some actual like unexpected humor in it hmm. uh but yeah violence is way up it's on the 10 10 mm-hmm. scale yeah. uh, stay away uh so uh don't assign me this for sins purposes please oh you will not get it for sins purposes uh it's a it's a debatable as to whether we would even send this yeah uh but uh yeah i i reckon warn this because it's i can tell that there's a filmmaker who knows what he's doing behind the camera mm. he made exactly the movie that he wanted to make mm. there are things about it that i feel are flawed and i don't think symbolism makes movies great there All you right. go right. good good i got a quick recommend all right oh i think you'd love this movie all right is it got, I think a, lot of, is it got yeah. a lot of porn in it nudity like my reputation mm-hmm. uh no there's no titties in this at all well then why would you think i would like it yeah there is an elijah wood all right well, well that makes yeah, up for yeah, titties yeah it's called i don't feel at home in this world anymore okay i've heard it's on netflix mm-hmm. and it's got melanie linsky as the main character oh, i love melanie linsky she's fantastic mm-hmm. and elijah wood and it's directed by your boy macon blair who was in Blue Ruin and oh, yeah, The yeah. Green Room. Yeah, yeah. This is his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it starts off as this quirky little indie type of thing. Melanie Lensky, her character, is, is disillusioned by the world. Um, everybody's an asshole. She's picking up trash for people. Like she's a nursing assistant and like the parent, the patients are abusive and stuff like that. Quirky little thing. She complains and then her house gets broken into. Mm-hmm. And then from that period on, this movie turns fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to spoil any of it. All I say is that uh, Elijah Wood is one of her neighbors who's like a super like enthusiastic, like over the top, listens to hair metal and like works out in his driveway and everything has a bunch of weapons, but they're not effective weapons. Like he's got ninja stars and shit that, that he, he, that he's, he's accurate with. And, and it's awesome. It's, it's super fun. And it turns, it turns like every turn that you think is logically possible. It'll take a different turn Mm -hmm. and it's very entertaining. What's it called again? I don't feel at home in this world anymore. And it's based on, the old Christian song that probably all of you guys have heard. Uh, the angels beckon me from heaven's open shores, and I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Nope. That's anyway. probably one of them Baptist songs. Yeah. Uh, wasn't a Baptist song. Nah, Church of Christ was, okay. was my well, bag. Uh, or Methodist. I was, I was even Steven. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's super fun. You mm-hmm. should totally watch it. It's fairly short. It's like 90 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. 
and it's freaky and it's fun. I think you freaky. Yeah. Yeah. So that's recommend. Um, I'm going to recommend a new documentary on HBO called I Love You Now Die. Oh, I saw ooh, that on ooh. there. I didn't watch it, but I saw it. <clears throat> also uh, made into a, a feature called Midsummer. this is a documentary about the court case of the gal in massachusetts that goaded her boyfriend into killing himself over text message and the first part is the prosecution and the second part is the defense and they both contain interviews with people on both sides of the case um there's uh one of the main guys interviewed is a reporter for i think he covered the case back in 2015 or whatever for Variety or Vanity Fair or Esquire, one of those publications. And so he's interviewed a lot because he spent a lot of one-on-one time with the girl and then the kid's parents. Great doc. Uh, I'm I'm oddly becoming a fan of these true crime documentaries. Mm-hmm. This is a fascinating case because <clears throat> it, it it was something. Basically, it was a charge that had never been tried before. It's very nuanced. Were charging, right? We were charging. They charged it with manslaughter. Um, even though he took his own life, um, and it mostly hinges as it should on the fact that he got out of the car, changed his mind and she goaded him to get back in. And that had, it had been just up to him, he would have chosen not to end his life that night. Okay. This girl spent months. Are you going to do it tonight? Are you going to do it tonight? Are you going to do it tonight? She's literally telling him to kill himself. He's saying he wants to the whole time. I'm 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 going to do it. I'm going to do it this time. But I'm telling you by the end of this documentary you I felt sympathy for her. Yeah. Because what I did not know about the that's pretty much what I knew about the case, what I could read in a newspaper. Um but a lot of the text messages she sent to him and posts she would make on Instagram, things she would text to her other friends were quotes from um Glee. Specifically mm. The gal whose boyfriend was on that show and killed himself. Yeah. Um, was his name? Corey? Cody? Yes. Something. Corey Monty. Co- yeah, Corey Monty. Yeah. And her, Leah Michelle. Yeah. She was obsessed with this girl. She would have conversations with this boyfriend where all of her lines were lines of dialogue from that girl's character from Glee. Hmm. And you begin to see this picture of somebody who's. Is she mentally ill? Yeah, has to be. In fact, huh. the victim's mother in the second part of the documentary at one point is looking at the camera and says, there's no question that she's sick. Huh. And that's all I'll, that's all I'll say about it. Huh. Um, and she was in some weird way trying to mimic and mirror Leah Michelle's life wow. by having by having a boyfriend that killed himself. She hosted a benefit to raise money in his name. And she hosted it in her town, not the town he lived in 20 miles away. And all of his friends were like, can you move it here to our town? Huh. Because we want, we want to pay tribute to him. And she wouldn't do it because she wanted the attention on her. She smiled the whole goddamn day. It was a softball tournament. She had a blast. Wow. Because all the attention was on her because she'd recently lost this boyfriend. It's <clears throat> it's troubling. It's murky. It's like, There's nobody that... like. I can't blame her completely because she is sick, but mm-hmm. he's dead because of her, and there's really no question in my mind. 
so the case I watched it because the case fascinated me when mm-hmm. I when it was in the news, and so I assumed, as was the case, it would shed new light on everything. And I was surprised to come oh, away. I'm, I'm going to watch the with shit sympathy out of this. for. Did you? Did you? Since you're talking about uh, the crime docs and everything, and you're obsessed with them and everything, did you? I know you never listened to Serial, uh, mm-hmm. the podcast or anything, but did you watch the case against Adnan yeah. Syed, which is also awesome too, yeah. especially if you, if you did listen to the podcast, cause it, it sort of like, cause it's an updated, uh, uh, thing. It's gotten, it doesn't have lots of new information, but it does have, uh, new ways of looking at information, which they didn't back mm-hmm. when the serial podcast was going on and everything. That's another one that's excellent too, yep. and that goes over like four episodes. Yep, or something I watched like all that. of them. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't follow it as well because I had not listened to serial, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm eating them up. I watched another one last night called Behind Behind Closed Doors about a 12 year old in India mm-hmm. who was killed, and the only other person that was in the house beside her parents was their servant, mm. um, and he was arrested, but. Um, maybe didn't do it Mm. and it's it's an interesting look i did i don't i did not know a lot about indian culture going into this that probably just shows my american ignorance Mm. but the upper class in india speak english yeah and the lower class don't Mm -hmm. and a lot of this case hinged on class warfare and perception of different classes and uh i thought it was pretty fast that shit is still prevalent like it, like it's just ingrained into society. The I mean, when I, when I was watching that documentary, I was surprised it was modern day. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I can feed I can feed uh, even more to you if you haven't seen Hit them. Me. And we've talked about it a bunch, but uh, if you haven't seen the Paradise Lost stuff, uh, um, I saw two documentaries about the West Memphis Three, and mm-hmm. I don't think either of them were Paradise Lost. Yeah, there were there, <laughs> well, there are a million of. Yeah, there are there were two that came out in like 2011, 12 somewhere around there. That's when they actually got released. Those are there's Paradise Lost 3, which is one of them, and then the the one that they that was another independent documentary that was shot uh about their release there and the fucked up way they had to do it where they had to profess guilt but not uh, but but then be released based on some technicality of yeah. some sort. Uh, but uh, the the first two of those, it's 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 interesting to watch those as they piece things together because those first two are almost just outdated at this point. Oh yeah, uh, because the first one was made in the '90s and they hadn't even really thought of some of the shit that ended up coming to light later hmm. on. Paradise Lost Two was is it was sort of okay we know a little bit more now i mean by two you're like yeah these guys didn't do it for sure (laughs) but like there's all this other interesting shit that keeps coming up and then by three i think the filmmakers themselves are like yeah we kind of we probably should have like not speculated so Mm. much about things that we that back then because in part two they're they make a huge case that this one father may have done it huh and he's by by three and the other the other documentary he's like one of the big champions and heroes of the whole story um but uh but watching those watching those in order would be fascinating at this point yeah considering what we know now yeah and everything Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, feeding more into your to your crime uh, crime obsession. Do it. Uh, you should watch those at least the the first one. I, I will give a trigger warning for that one because they do show the images of the boys in, in the creek hmm. at the very beginning of it, and it's a far away shot, but it still it will, it will devastate you. Yeah, um, it's like that shot in Brokeback Mountain, yeah, where Ledger's like telling the story of the guy that got beat to death for being gay, mm-hmm. and that's 
pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. And then they flash back and they show you his view as like a nine year old. Yeah. And then they zoom in really close. Yeah. I'm going to recommend, and it's a movie we've all seen uh, John Wick 3. Yeah. Oh, baby. Sometimes you just got to cut a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That will that will be a line that we will be saying for some time. Oh, this the legend, is so goddamn fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think all of us may, may. I'm I'm speaking out of my ass, but uh, I may, maybe all of us weren't like too terribly excited about John Wick. 3. No, uh, John Wick Two wasn't like uh, uh, like any sort of anything life changing mm-hmm. in any way, and it, it was fun and whatever. But like a third one more of that same thing over and over it doesn't it doesn't really appeal to us but uh maybe it's because it's been out a while now and we're we're away from any kind of hype that it might have had and all that we all watched this movie and just oh we were laughing we were like having the best time ever watching this thing it's one of the funniest movies i've seen this year yeah and it's and it's and violence being funny essentially it's a looney tunes cartoon yeah yeah oh those horse kicks oh i know (laughs) the movie is i need to watch it again Mm -hmm. but after a few days of reflection it's very close to the raid movies in my book it is in terms of just long sustained frenetic unbelievable Highly choreographed action. Oh, God. I like this better than the first two. I yeah, do, too. Uh, wait, wait, way more. What's funny about it is that by the end of the first fight with all the throwy knivey things, <laughs> uh, dude is exhausted, and you're exhausted watching it. Yeah. Because he's already mowed through fucking, like, 10, 12, like, highly trained yes. assassins, and just from throwing alone, like, he's yes, just, it's just like, Two and a half minutes finding all the pieces to put together an old timey gun so he can fire one <laughs> yeah, shot yeah. at a guy coming through the door. I thought like, oh, you're in a weapons museum. This is going to be lame, and it turned out to be amazing. No, well, everything it, plays on expectations. It sets beautifully. up so it sets that up so great because like they're fighting at one point, and then like they they both get worn out, and then they both instinctively smash the glass ca- <laughs> cases with the knives in it and just start throwing. Yeah, they're looking at like, oh shit, yeah. this has been here I'll tell you, there's something else. I don't know if they meant this for this to be funny at all, but this is the kind of like movie we're in. Um, there's a moment where he's running out, and this is the before he gets on the motorcycles. Uh, he he takes out the two guys on the motorcycles, and you're like, and and in my head, I'm like, okay, he's won. He's going to get on the motorcycle and drive off. That's not what happens. He takes those two guys out, then pulls a helmet off of one dude and just starts beating him. <laughs> and I don't know if they meant for that to be funny, but the timing of that is great. And it's, and it, maybe it's just something that affects me because my expectation is once those guys have like slid 50 feet and, and crashed into a wall, that's it. They, all he has to do is take the motorcycle and go. Yep. But instead he's like, no, I gotta beat the fuck out of these guys first and then take the motorcycle. And, uh, and then later in that scene, he grabs a bad guy's arm and shoves it into the spokes of a wheel of the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. He puts his hand in there. God damn. Oh, if you're gonna make a hyper realized world like this where assassins 
Masons are all among us and they have this secret society and everything oh. and the the action follows suit. This is how you make it. Yeah. And John the first John Wick was great. John Wick two was fun. This movie I think blows both of them out. Yeah. I, I think does. it's a different movie altogether. Um and I, I liked the first John Wick. I didn't mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, I was like, okay, I'm pretty much done with this. This is going to go the route of the Taken movies. And I read an article that the director, who again is Keanu's stunt double from previous films, and this is his directorial debut, all three of these movies. He had Keanu write down a list of all the stuff he could do. Because he was going to do all of it. And that's why you have Keanu riding a horse in this movie. Because he can ride a horse. He'd learned how to ride a horse for another movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie really feels like that. Like, mm-hmm. where, like, we're going to use old-timey guns. We're going to use future guns. We're going to use regular revolvers. We're going to use glocks. We're going to use knives. We're going to use swords. We're going to use axes. We're going to use yeah. horses. <laughs> oh, man. It's but, awesome. All of it feels authentic, though. Like, I was, a, like, fully prepared to roll my eyes when I saw... The horse going down the street and yeah. all that stuff. But it made narrative sense mm-hmm. where he goes and and it pays off that whole horse kick thing. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Just, he does uh, it twice. He does it twice. <laughs> yeah. The first time is shocking and it let out like a big ha. The second time you're like, oh, they're going back to the oh, that's awesome. And then and then Halle Berry and her dog show up. Yeah, yeah. And oh, and the dog stuff is amazing. But, but yes. I was gonna say Halle Berry's fine. Could have been anyone. The dogs fucking steal that entire scene. <laughs> yes. The way they not only go after people on command, but they're just fucking vicious. Well, <laughs> it's like Doctor Strange's cloak beating the fuck out of that <laughs> yeah. one bad guy over and over. And again, this action is comedy because a lot of times you forget that they're they're available to sh- to show up in a in a shot and like you're like okay those dogs are taking care of those guys then it'll go to keanu to go to halle berry and yeah. you're like okay all right and then suddenly out of nowhere dogs show up <laughs> you know and it's it's uh it's it's fantastic um yeah i i can't recommend john wick three enough and it's, it might be one of my favorite movies this year it is well yeah. i even tweeted that night it's the most fun i've had at the movies all year and yeah I, and that that includes Sp- uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home and Avengers: Endgame. <laughs> like that, this movie is just fucking fun. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, a, it's a perfect movie to see with your friends too. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that laughter can be yeah. contagious. I, I mean, would, I would, I would enjoy the crap out of it. I saw it by myself, but it was, it was better with all of us saying like, "Holy shit!" Well, because he throws like the fifth knife in that dude, <laughs> and you think maybe one more. But he ends up throwing like nine more yeah. knives at that guy. Yeah. And it gets to a point, it's like David Letterman always said, repetition equals laughs. Yeah. It gets to a point where it's no longer funny, but he keeps going and it gets even more funny. Yeah. At that point. The Simpsons uh, 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 had a debate about this in one of their commentaries, one of the early episodes about how Homer falling down the stairs. At first, it's funny. And then you make it go longer. And you're like, okay, this is this joke's gone too far. And then you make it go farther than that. And that's when you get the bigger laughs out yeah. of it and everything. Tangentially related, I did see uh, uh, that movie that you were talking about, the um, Always Be My Maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, where Keanu Reeves has that uh, cameo in there. And the funniest part of that, you, you, you mentioned some really funny parts, but my favorite part is the casual, at, like at the end of the dinner, uh, uh, you know, uh, Randall Park's going to like help pay for what his his end is. And Keanu Reeves is like, he's like, oh no, I've already, Keanu Reeves is like, oh no, I already paid for the, for the entire dinner using a residual from one of my hit movies, Speed. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> it's like sixteen thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> he says it's so casual. Yeah. Did you like the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that man. whole sequence. That's another example of like you think you know the joke. Yeah, and it's funny, mm-hmm. but he takes it to a different level, yeah. especially when they get back to the. I hotel. got a bad feeling about this Bill and Ted movie, though. Like, oh well, sure. Like, he's having a good year, but. I don't think that movie's going to be any good. Yeah, it's got Anthony Kerrigan in it, though, from from Barry. So uh, it could be good. Yeah, he's good. I, I'll, I'll watch him in anything. We'll A those cues. We'll A the cues. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Yeah, we're finally going to do some questions. I know it's been a while. Mm-hmm. We've missed it. And, uh, and uh, we got some good ones. Um, by the way keep them coming i know that uh, they don't get answered often we we do get around to them when we can but uh there's been sort of like a uh, the, the the faucets like been turned off on those questions yeah bring them all right i've got i've got two picked out that are really really good hello from new brunswick canada mm-hmm. yeah, that's how they talk up why there. the yeah. fuck did i use that accent <laughs> i don't know yeah but it's great you must be from toronto <laughs> Sound like you're from For Nova Scotia. New Brunswick sounds like it's British. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's not. Anyway, a <laughs> hello mm-hmm. from New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any scores or soundtracks to films that aren't considered to be iconic? This person says Star Wars, Jaws, anything by John Williams, really, or may have been forgotten. That if you're in a different room and you hear it, you can say, "Oh, hey, you're watching blank." Non-iconic score uh that you can you can recognize yes. immediately for me it's sneakers oh definitely james horner did the score that's probably why the um, horn dog yeah uh horner uh you know horner has a certain like there's certain things from that movie that you can hear in apollo 13 and you can hear in uh what else i think a beautiful mind mm-hmm. there's some 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 things some themes he likes to use over and over again he did sneakers before any of those movies and sneakers has a lot of those like just mo like like uh song moments that do pop up in similar or pop similarly pop up in like apollo 13 and i think braveheart and titanic and mm-hmm. all of those uh, but uh, but I love the sneakers one. It's got this kind of a jazzy score, and then it's got his usual like awesome cinematic score mixed in with it too. Um, but yeah, I can I can pick out sneakers pretty pretty well, pretty pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah, I dig. What you got? I like. Uh, I think probably plenty of people think this is a score that should be iconic if it's not Pixar fans. Mm-hmm. But the score from Up, mm-hmm. I probably sing. More often than any other Giacchino score, it's that doo-doo-doo-doo. Oh, yeah. Doo-doo-doo. Mm-hmm. Doo-doo-doo. Mm. And uh, it's just very kind of light and airy and speaks to the one of the things that Giacchino's best at is using a simple piano melody to convey a deep human emotion. He's done it on Lost. He does it in Star Trek Into Darkness. And I think he does it with that that up, that mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so that was my answer for that one. Wow. And also, I was going to say, I don't think the Shawshank Redemption score is iconic. I'm not sure too many people could sing it from memory, but every time I watch that movie, my wife comes in the room and goes, is that Shawshank? And she can tell from <laughs> yeah. the score. And Thomas Newman, uh, like, sort of uh, will copy stuff from that in other scores. You'll yeah. hear it in Finding Nemo, yeah. especially when they're in the net and all that, that sounds a lot like Shawshank mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, yeah, Shawshank's good. I think uh, it may have been nominated for an Oscar, though. Really? 
that score um but uh yeah that's one that easily could you know, could figure out if you hear it in another room i've got some recent ones uh la la land obviously mm. is is i mean you could play probably three notes from like city of stars mm-hmm. or like um uh waste of a lovely night and stuff like that and i could probably pick it out uh but what i've found myself really like gravitating to is the phantom thread score from oh, johnny greenwood yeah uh super recognizable and one of the most iconic scores in a paul thomas anderson movie i mean i couldn't sing you there will be blood uh mm-hmm. that score there's not oh, no, much it's based on that baptist hymn there will be blood oh, there will be blood <laughs> right there's power power there will be blood is very minimalist there's not much to it there's really just only little accents that show up in that movie it's mostly silent throughout yeah and boogie nights is basically all like songs Mm -hmm. now punch drunk love has an excellent soundtrack too very percussive and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but phantom thread is the most recognizable i think you also got mark mothersbaugh in thor Mm, ragnarok which is just so 80s and cheesy and 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 like awesome <laughs> i heard him on uh, i think it was mark Marin talking about how he had done a he had done this great piece of music for the scene that ended up they ended up replacing with an immigrant song oh right. yeah oh, no. he did this great piece of music and they were going to use it and everything but i think i don't know if it was because the trailer had it in there and they decided last which minute which one because they used it's it the, twice. it's at towards the end like when uh, the the uh the big battle oh, the rainbow bridge yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. see they already used the immigrant song in the, in the beginning Mm. Yep, they didn't need to use it again. Yeah. It's like that. that. It's like that uh, Jack White song in Justice League. They use it for it's like Aquaman's theme. Is oh that yeah, yeah. Fucking Hoobie Thump. I call it Hoobie Stank. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I found a reason for me. <laughs> we were looking for names for the new dog. Yeah, and Hoobie Stank was. <laughs> You know, when Us came out, right after that and ever since, uh, uh, that uh, restaurant chain that's not uh, White Castle. Crystal? Crystal. Mm-hmm. Has been running those commercials with I Got Five on Yeah, it. no, man. And like the first time I started mm-hmm. seeing them, because you hear that, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. and I look over and for about a, a few weeks, I was like, man, Jordan, you, you should have like got more rights than just to, if you knew it was going to be that big a part <laughs> yeah. of your movie's marketing, because now they're just stealing your thunder. But ultimately, I think they're also marketing his movie. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's so associated with that horror stuff that somebody actually dubbed that soundtrack under uh the cats trailer oh <laughs> oh wow <laughs> and jordan peele responded to it on twitter he's like yeah that's awesome i mean i have i, I see both sides of the cats thing yes it looks horrifying mm-hmm. and well, how did you expect it to look any different yep. that's what cats has always been yeah i was gonna avoid it either way yeah <laughs> by the way have you re-seen have you seen us again i have not but i do have it you on blu-ray right now i bought it i haven't watched it yet yeah I'm i can't wait to. to watch it again Me too. all right what two actors would you love to see play main roles in a movie together, either because they have never been in a movie together or because you just like seeing them together? I went with one where they've never been in a movie together, except a technicality. Okay. Match point. 2005, Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. One of his first departures from his neurotic New York City... Tennis fucking. Tennis fucking. And murder. And murder. And it's Scarlett Johansson, or Johansson, if you will. Yeah. And I won't. 
<laughs> and uh, Jonathan Reese Myers, who's perfectly fine. He's this this former pro tennis pro that has now turned into giving lessons, and they're they're in uh, they're in the UK, they're in London, I think, outside of London, and he becomes embroiled with this femme fatale character played by Scarlett Johansson, and she is scorching in this movie. Yep. She is absolutely one like. Sh- you can feel heat coming off of the screen, mm-hmm. not to be, you know, misogynistic or anything like that, or, or, or being, that's her role, too much. that is her role. And she plays it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Reese Myers is fine in that role. I mean, he's, he's a good actor. He's mm-hmm. capable and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But if you replace him with somebody like Jude Law, mm-hmm. that would amp up the sexiness to like 15 mm-hmm. and to where like you would just be ejaculating like spontaneously that's why I, that's what i like doing watching movies is and ejaculating spontaneously mm-hmm. so you just look down like oh yeah yeah yep. uh and they have never been in a movie together jude law and scarlett johansson except for fucking captain marvel only because he plays in the main movie and at the very end credit thing yeah, is yeah, her that showing doesn't up. that doesn't count that doesn't count, doesn't count. So they've help. never been in a movie together. Can you imagine like talented Mr. Ripley-esque? It's like Jude Law with Scarlett Johansson in Match Point. It's Ooh. like De Niro and Pacino weren't really in Godfather 2 right. together. You know, that's why that was such a big deal when they were in Heat. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Uh, I thought you were making a gesture <laughs> of some sort. Um, I wrote down Leo and Clooney because I think they're both A-list and mm-hmm. they're both great actors, but mm-hmm. one is intense and one is cool. Leo's yeah. intense and Clooney's cool. He's a real goofball, that Clooney. Mm-hmm. He can be. And we've seen Clooney with Brad Pitt. Now we've got Leo with Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Mer- Hollywood in America? Yeah. Once, Hollywood. Upon a, Once Upon a Time in Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, but I, we've never seen Leo and Clooney together. But then I thought of a real answer where I think that girl from Happy Death Day, who's been in a bunch of stuff, but I'd never seen her or known who she was until Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. I think she has a really good energy. She and does. I'd like to see her play off of Anna Kendrick. I think they would play very well oh. off of one. Of them. Yeah, Jessica Roth. Jessica Roth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got a. Very, did you ever watch a simple plan? A simple, a simple, a simple favor. Yeah, that's all. Not simple yet. favor. Did you like it? Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's very similar to Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Okay. Like, they had a great chemistry mm-hmm. in that movie. Interesting. So I could totally see this. All right. Yeah. Um, Cody and Leo haven't been in a movie together. Yeah, it's a weird, right? They do have the same, uh, like similar uh, beginnings, right? Like every time anybody talks about Clooney, they're like, "Oh, he was on Roseanne Facts of Life. or Facts, Facts of Life. Life," and and uh, DiCaprio was on some uh, uh, some Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yeah. So those show are the, those me are that the same smile show. again. Show me that smile. Those Don't are just another minute on you crying. If they got together, they would totally call him Cleo. Do you remember the season? No. Do you remember the season of Growing Pains where the theme song was sung by an acapella choir? Yes. Oh, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> earlier this year, a movie that I have not seen and probably will not see, uh, The Hustle, came out. Mm. Uh, that was the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels oh, yeah, remake yeah. with uh, with Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson. Uh, I like Rebel Wilson fine, but. I would have rather seen Anna Kendrick and Anne Hathaway together in that Ooh. movie, and and being being uh, you know grifters and things like that. Uh, I don't. Rebel Wilson doesn't scream to me like someone who can like uh, 
fool a whole bunch of people and to you know it just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't work i think anna kendrick and anna hathaway is the the more appropriate uh team up there they don't have to do the hustle together but i would just like to see any movie with them together yeah because uh, i think that they have similar sensibilities i think they'd have chemistry together uh i would definitely want to see a movie with both of them in it do the hustle do, do, and do, of course do, 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 do. i didn't do any collaboration checks on uh-huh. any of this type of thing so who knows maybe in maybe they have but i don't remember nothing any. springs to mind um i did watch love and other drugs uh for a few minutes the other day yeah it was a non-nude scene for like 12 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. no boobies. That's it. That's believe. nearly impossible to do. That's like Sandra Bullock <laughs> landing in water and the gravity. <laughs> By the way, I I think she's terrific in that movie. I think she's a terrific actress. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I think she's great. Yeah, I think she's great. I think, I think, I think she knows she's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It makes okay. perfect sense. I think she's great. Um, also, uh, Christian Bale and Sean Penn, just because of the method. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how insufferable that set would be? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you can't look anybody in the eye. Like, throw, in, throw in Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, or Jared God. Leto. He yeah, yeah. Super method. Oh, dude. That would be the best fucking thing ever. You get a director who could deal with that? <laughs> Who would that be? Oh, It'd have to be the most affable person alive. Maybe Scorsese. <laughs> maybe, yeah, like, probably. Yeah, Frank Oz somewhat had to deal with that with the score. Um, oh yeah, because Marlon Brando and Edward Norton <laughs> oh, and God. De Niro are all on that one. But like, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I find the method interesting. I don't think it's required to be a good actor. Right. Uh, it, it obviously comes up with some very interesting and raw and real type of thing, but, uh, uh, I, I would like to hear, I, I think the story of that, the behind the scenes would be the best movie. <laughs> Who but, can out method each other? Yeah. Like all of them, all of them, like, don't talk to me. I'm in character. You know, I'm I lost 15 only, pounds last night. That's right. Well, I lost. You didn't need to. Yeah, exactly. Well, I lost 10. Yeah. And I lost, you know, I, you know, uh, they would just be topping each other with all the physical deformations they could make to their body. All right. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. Uh, we have a CinemaSins Twitter, an MVS Twitter. We're on uh, uh, Discord. I may have to give you a little uh, link to that if you want. Go to Facebook for that. Uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can come and talk about this very episode. Ooh. Yeah, and, you and can- make sure to subscribe. Tell everybody about our show. Let's let's spread the word. Let's 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 let everybody know how much fun you're having, and that we're having, and we're having together. Yes. Yeah. And yes. we have we have two other podcasts. We have Behind the Sins, mm-hmm. which just. Uh, uh really is releasing their best episode yet as of this week. is it because that you're on it Mm-mm. you're no, not that on was it? the worst one no that was the worst uh one. but that uh that is going on that's with aaron and jonathan and danae fantastic show and then we still have uh our barry podcast starting now that just dropped the ronnie lily episode yeah. which is really fun i get yeah. the feeling that's an important episode that is the important episode yeah no um, not the there's there's a lot of them but i i can't I, you didn't see the second season of barry did you nope i suggest you watch just that one episode yep because you don't need to know anything else 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, like a standalone episode. I watched the Teddy Pendergast uh, episode of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I've never seen any any of that show, mm-hmm. and I was thoroughly entertained. Yeah, hmm. I think I think you may want to watch the rest of the season after you see that one, but just watch that one. Okay. I, 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 I highly recommend the uh, season two, episode five. Yeah. Ronnie yeah. Lilly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Then he comes oh, out with yeah, this fucking duet that. with Chris Brown on Chris Brown's new album. And I'm like, oh, he's that's on why. It? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like the first single was him and... <sighs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, but then the other day, after the whole ASAP Rocky, Trump trying to get him out of jail mm-hmm. thing, Bieber <laughs> tweeted, you know, I want him out, but, you know, I also want all these kids at the border out, yeah, too. Can all these kids about in cages. I'm like, God out. damn it, Bieber. You don't like... I, I cannot stand his music these no, days. No, he's not... I think that Love Yourself was the last song he made that I thought was worth. Well, that album... Which had Sorry on it, mm-hmm. uh, which had Love Yourself on it, which was written by Ed Sheeran, I think. Mm-hmm. It was played by Ed Sheeran. Um, it, it was called Purpose, was the album. Okay. That album was fucking boss. Okay. But also, he was singing. Now he's auto-tuning everything. That motherfucker has a voice of an angel, and he's auto-tuning he everything. He auto-tunes on that Ed Sheeran, I don't care song. Yes. That's his whole sound now. It's the same as the uh, the, 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 the no-brainer uh, thing that he did with DJ Khaled. Oh, yeah. So that's his thing. And he redid the fucking, uh, they did a remix of the Billie Eilish song. Yeah. The, the bad. bad guy. That was bad. His verse sucks. Yeah. And he's fucking auto-tuned. Did you time. hear the new Taylor song? No. Is it good? I heard it one time. The Archer? Yeah. Yeah. Sleepy. Really? We're <laughs> 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 talking about the new, uh, Taylor Swift. I haven't heard that yet. We just listened to a snippet of it. It's yeah, it's a it's a snoozer. Yeah, man. Every time somebody comes out with something new, Twitter blows up and's like, it's the best fucking thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. I'm about ready to just quit Twitter. Now that they've updated this layout, what is your deal with it? I I don't have a an issue with it. Well, that doesn't mean you're right and I'm wrong. Well, plus mine mine changed like. Three weeks ago. Well, did yours just update recently? Yeah, some people changed, but it seems like the bulk of people changed in the 24 hours that mine changed. No, yeah, and that's why I was surprised, because I was already used to it, I guess. Uh, It's frustrating because I have to hit the back button a lot more. Um, You used to be able to click on a tweet, and it would open in a hover window, and I could click anywhere on the outside of it, anywhere. Yeah. And it would go away and go yeah, back yeah, to the yeah, timeline. Yeah, now, yeah. if I click on a tweet, it takes me to a new feed yeah, yeah. and I have to go up to a very specific back blue arrow. Yeah. And that's frust- that adds up. I agree. I agree. That adds up. You. Every little penny adds up. Just watch fucking Office Space. <laughs> I am- By the way, speaking of climbing a fence, I, I've been watching that uh, that uh, Taken 3 fence climbing scene on, on repeat because I made an outtake mm-hmm. that references it. Uh, and it's funny. Somebody did a YouTube video it said stunt coordinator for Taken Three explains the uh, the fence jumping scene. Mm-hmm. So I clicked on it. It's it was only like five minutes, and it's this dude. He's like, you know, uh, I was the stunt coordinator for Taken Three. 
uh, basically because nobody else wanted it and the producer's my uncle. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay. And then he's like, well, you know, he breaks it down frame by frame. He's like, Liam Neeson is really the best run actor on the planet right now. So this is actually him running. And then when he gets up on the fence, he's actually on the fence. He's one of the best fence climbing actors on the planet. <laughs> Indeed. And Indeed then he's he like, is. then he's like, we, we set up camera A, camera B, camera C. And then he's like, then we added so many that we ran out of letters in the alphabet <laughs> and we wanted to use every single one of them. Why? Oh my God. It's totally a joke video. Oh. But that's how they explain oh, all okay. the cuts. Oh God, you had me going there for <laughs> yeah, a second. Yeah, me too. I totally thought that was that was what, what, it, what it was. I mean, oh, it's a viable explanation. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like the, I think the onion when uh, it was fast five came out. They talked to the screenwriter and they were talking to this like seven year old kid. <laughs> He's like, and then the car goes up and it crashes through the twain. <laughs> Kills me in Fast and the Furious is how many times you'll see them driving like in insane speed and yet they still have some other gear yeah. they can get into. <laughs> they got yeah, eight gear and, sports car. And it's always like done in this weird editing fashion where I don't even think the the shift is going anywhere. I just think they hit it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then it looks like, oh yeah, man, he really means it. Not, and, not to mention, if you hit the clutch at that speed, the fucking transmission oh, is yeah. just gonna yeah. fly yeah. out of the oh, car. Yeah. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually I've forgotten this uh, in Gone in Sixty Seconds. He's got the NOS thing on the yeah. uh, on the Eleanor thing. Yeah. Because, he, of course, he's chasing. The cops are chasing him through the L.A. River. For like an that. hour and for a half. They're chasing him forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all this, and he's like super calm, even though everybody's coming. He's got a fucking helicopter coming after him. <laughs> he's super calm. And he's like, oh, yeah, never seen before. Flips up the gear shift. He's got the fucking NOS. <laughs> right and then he outruns a fucking helicopter. Yeah. And then the cops are like, we lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only we had invested goes, in NOS. He goes straight to the fucking evil glare, dude. God damn. Oh, so I still like the, heli- the, the helicopter can't even keep <laughs> the up. Helicopter, it's like the helicopter guy says he's going 125. He's going 150. He's going 175. He's gone supernova. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a fucking helicopter. It goes very fast, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. So you still hate that movie? Going in 60 seconds? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, you're allowed to enjoy watching it. No, no, no. I, just, I didn't know if like you had found anything redeeming in it. No. Actually, I found like several unredeeming things about it. Well, I didn't realize how little Angelina Jolie was in there. She's, like, she's in there for like six, 60 seconds. Uh, hey Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's useless. I watched MacGruber. You need to watch Rise of the Cobra. Oh, it's the Rise of the Cobra that you like? Yes. I always thought it was the second one. No, the second one is fucking trash. If they, they could have helped me by just naming the first one G.I. Joe. Call yeah. it, call it a day, like but the Transformers. Gave, yeah, but you gave both of them a subtitle, and I've never really watched either of them all the way through. So retaliation. Well, yeah, the Rise subtitle of the Cobra, is, is the, the second. The subtitle for Rise of the Cobra makes it sound like it's a sequel. Yes, it does. I don't know what happened with uh, Chatham. Uh, Ch- uh, yeah, you got you had it right. Tating Chatham. Tatum. <laughs> but yeah, he can't act his way out of a paper bag in this movie, which is crazy because he's such a good actor overall. 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think, is is probably one of my favorite roles okay, he's in. Okay, okay. Debate here and now. Is Channing Tatum a good actor? Yes. Oh. Especially a good comic actor. He's terrific in uh, 21 Jump Street. Never been entirely on board with Channing Tatum. I'll give you one example. The I mean, 21 Jump Street, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the drug scene in 21 Jump Street. Uh-huh is when he goes into the orchestra and he starts playing all the shit mm-hmm. and he's like, woo, fuck you, Miles Davis, and like jumps into the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in 21 Jump Street, he's hilarious. But see, I feel like a lot of people can be that kind of hilarious. I think he's consistently hilarious, though, because he's, he's consistent with the straight stuff. He's consistent with like the fuck you science type of thing, and, like throws the thing up. Uh, I don't think there's enough data to make a conclusion here. Mm. I think there is. Mm-hmm. Where's the good dramatic work being done? I don't know. Hey, why? See, like, Magic Mike, he's like, I mean, he, he, he really, he really puts my brain in like a, you know, I really have to think about it. Like, I've never Hail once Caesar. been, I've never once been like, oh my God, Channing Tatum see, is knocking Hail it Caesar out of the park. It's not a drama. Hang on. Let me see. Rob, at best, I missing. think you can say he's funny, but I don't think we're he's, there no, where you could I say agree. he's a good actor. Well, let's see what dramas he's been in. It's probably not much. Like, have could, oh, he's in the hateful eight for a second. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jupiter. He's Sandy. one. He's one of We're the out reveal yeah, see, reveal yeah. villains in hateful eight. Oh, uh, he's in side effects. Okay. So oh, he plays the husband in but, in side but effects. But just because he's in these movies doesn't make him good. I thought he was good in side effects. He didn't have a huge character arc. Well, hmm. I need to see him in a completely transformative type of like doesn't rely on him being the most handsome person in the room. What about uh, Dear John? Oh, yeah. Dear I John. forgot about that. That's the one anomaly <laughs> that tells me that he's a great actor. If they would what ever make Step this Up to the fucking, Streets? Oh, yeah, if right. they would make this Gambit movie, maybe he could show sh- something. But I don't think they're going to make it. They tried six times. White House Down, he's fine. No, see, you're not finding any data. Foxcatcher? Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay, Foxcatcher, probably the one. closest in that in that group. And in, and in Hail Caesar, obviously he doesn't have much of a part, but he's got that whole No Dames thing, and he's... You know, real chummy and happy and yeah. You know and how shit? everyone loves that scene. You don't like it? No. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't. It feels sterile. <laughs> it feels like rehearsal. It doesn't. It is rehearsal. But you know what I mean. It does. It doesn't have opening night energy. It has. It's stale. It's, it's maybe it's just maybe it's just too close on the heels of La La Land, where the musical song and dance numbers that don't make sense within reality were fun and made me smile. But this does make sense within reality because they're filming it. It's not a stage production. No, but I just don't like that scene. Stick out your head. Throw out your tush. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that uh, Christopher Lambert is directing, right? Yes, uh, where there's the uh, the very interesting Christopher Lambert and Josh Brolin, yeah. <laughs> both married to Diane Lane in their times. Give a big hug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but no, uh, the the oh the, Logan Lucky. Okay, but great he's great. Okay, Logan Lucky. N- great. <laughs> Look, I like that movie. I like him in it. But are we talking about transformative performance, like something that's just like that tells you that dude, that dude right there? Is one of our best actors. It's like I don't think he's one of our best. I think he's just a very good actor. Mm-hmm. No, but, okay. He, that that I don't know if he's doing anything that anybody like like Jeremy was saying. I don't know if he's doing anything that anybody else can't do. 
No, I, I, I could, I could buy that. You can put anybody who's decent in that in those roles, and he's fine. I mean, he's above. He's canoe. Yeah, he's better than Keanu. He's below Daniel Taylor. He's one of the One Direction guys, and Leonardo is Adele. He's not an amazing singer. He's a he's a good performer though. I could I could people dig pay that. money to go see his concert. Yeah, I, I think though Leo was in Channing Tatum, <laughs> Channing Tatum land like probably five six years ago. Uh, I'd say more like eight or nine, but I don't disagree that they had this, a similar. So he's got place. a trajectory back he when he was be- making the beach and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Well, he's got a trage, but, but he also but had Chan- an Oscar nomination. Channing Tatum's almost forty now. Yeah. So he's he's getting to a point where he he needs to have that. DiCaprio had his like coming out quote unquote moment as a good actor during Gangs of New York, and he was twenty eight when he did that. Mm. So uh, was it Gangs of New York? I guess that that was probably it. I mean, I would personally think you're right. I would personally think that it took until Wolf of Wall Street for him to really. Maybe Shutter Island. You could maybe say Shutter Island. But I don't think he was... He's like what you're saying. Like, I think anybody could have played that role in Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think... Very few people could have gotten to the place that he went to in Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think... That was else, a surprise for me. I mean, even though yeah. I'd seen him in do comedy type things before, like, that that role right there was a surprise for me. Like, you, you get the this you feel like you get a sense of somebody like it feels like DiCaprio is like one of those guys that doesn't have any sense of humor at all. Mm-hmm. He's just one of these. He's a good looking dude. He's very successful. He's very serious about that. Blah blah blah. We heard about the pussy posse and all that yeah. nonsense. But like you know, I never had never thought he had this in him that Wolf of Wall Street. No, that one came out of nowhere. So I'll tell you what. You watch Molly's Game and you and you think about Tobey Maguire doing all the dickhead shit that. Michael Sarah does to her, and it's like makes me think of Tobey Maguire in a whole new light. Yeah, like behind, like he's not Peter Parker, man. He's no. like he's the devil. <laughs> he's the devil. Yeah. If he was even half as mean as Michael Sarah's character was, because no, that, that's harsh. Yeah, harsh. And then Robin Thicke came out of his loins, and 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 cheated on uh, Paula Patton. <laughs> His yes, loins cheated on Paula Patton. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, so by proxy, Alan Thick cheated. He did. This is why we can't allow Canadians across the border. I've got sweaty ears. Yeah. 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 That was always my college girlfriend's excuse for not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not tonight, honey. I have sweaty ears. Although I do remember the like Tony and uh, and Bruce wanting to figure out the female orgasm <laughs> in a deleted scene though yeah. they, it was it's only They're punching a, a button it's, it's only button. it's only on the extras <laughs> like where they you know, they, they, they yeah, yeah they exactly. man jerk off before they, had, they hired him in they, the Avengers they brought Kenzie into the Avengers <laughs> <laughs> played by Liam Neeson yeah they brought in uh, 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 Michael Sheen from uh, that uh, show oh, on show yeah Masters yeah. yeah brought uh, in that dude do you think that any of her comments lately are gonna affect this movie at all uh only if she keeps stepping in it doesn't she yeah i I shouldn't even say i'll probably even cut this is she totally wrong okay well i don't know what you're talking about okay well okay i should be able to play a tree yeah did she say something specific to race 
itself. Like, is she saying that she could play a black character or an Asian character or something like that? Uh, it, or is she just responding? I don't think it went that far. Okay. But I think she did say that I should just be able to play whatever uh, whatever script is thrown in front of me. I, I should you. be able to play whatever that character is. And the counter yeah. from people of minorities is is that they're not even given the opportunity i totally understand that yes yes now what what i and i'm probably stepping in it no what what i think she may have been thinking is that you know because we had all this backlash about like ruby rose playing batwoman and stuff like that she you can't you got to have a person like this doing this and i think this is actually in response to the rub and tug thing that uh, it is which is murkier than it's made out to be it totally is and and i and i get both sides of it i get that she should be able to play a trans man or trans woman if she wants to just as jared leto played a trans woman Mm -hmm. in dallas buyers club Mm -hmm. but i also understand that the trans people or other characters or minorities can't even get into the 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 casting call mm-hmm. so i totally understand both of it. i don't think she's necessarily wrong but i think it it's it comes off as tone deaf it started with ghost in the shell yes it did yep. and it, and and you can't undo that yep and then rub and tug as soon as she backed out and said okay i won't play the role the financing went away yeah and so now this movie that would have highlighted a trans person yeah. Who had an important life? Yeah, is not going to be made, and I think you have to. Both sides have to face the fact that we're still we're not living in utopia yet. Yeah, we're living in reality. Yeah, and, and, and we're so getting there. Is there an argument for Rub and Tug with Scarlett Johansson? Johansson. I don't know why I always do that. Like I'm <laughs> fucking Norwegian. I'm sure that hockey players. It's that hockey player. Yeah, and I'm sure that. Like for real, it is supposed to be Johansson, but we've Englishized it, and she Englishizes it. So um, anyway, <laughs> it's like Fomkinjans. Yeah, you exactly. Could, I think you could make an argument that that film still at least gets people talking about issues we need to be talking about, like Dallas Buyers Club. Well, yes. What about this gal? What about Euphoria? The Jules character mm-hmm. is that actress trans? Yes. Yes. Okay. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. And, and yeah. I believe I believe she does do the feminine pronouns and stuff like that. She right? does. She yeah. doesn't do the they and them or Correct. anything like that. So uh, there's only two that I know of that do that. Uh, there's probably more, but uh, Asia K. Dillon and Asia K. Dillon and the um, and the one that's in the daughter in uh, 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 Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, okay. Uh, uses they and them pronouns. So okay. I don't know about, uh, but believe uh, believe the the actress in uh, Euphoria uses feminine pronouns. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, it's I, ju- I just think it's a little bit murky. Yeah. yeah. And now we're not talking about Phase Four anymore. <laughs> right. It may definitely impact the box. Yeah. You in don't want like someone on. being the first time listening to this. That's the first thing they hear. <laughs> yeah, they I want to fuck. Yeah. She's in my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the perfect version of it was the "Let me spit in your face." Yeah. 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 Thing. yeah. 